today the talk is, it's not personal. It's not personal. We've talked about how we're in COVID exhaustion and COVID grief. And when we are tired and when we are grieving, our responses to the outside world and even to our own thoughts can be a little over the top at times. Sometimes the response is way bigger than the stimulus. And part of the spiritual life is learning how to not respond in a big way to a small stimulus or how to decide how to pause and have a choice about how you respond all the time. And that's about training your mind. As Ignatius Warren said, you are, when you practice judgment, you are practicing getting better at judgment. You can go to the Carnegie Hall of judgment if you practice, practice, practice judgment. But if you practice forgiveness, then you can go to the Carnegie Hall of forgiveness. Practice, practice, practice. And as you practice, you get better and better and better at it. You get better at forgiving others. You get better at forgiving yourself. And when you get better at forgiving yourself, you get better at forgiving others. And it is a circle for good. It is a wheel you want to be on. The wheel going the other direction leads to more pain. Leads to us getting more pain, giving ourselves more pain, and giving others more pain. And none of us wants more pain. Raise your hand if you want more pain. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So, this is what Don Miguel Ruiz, and I'm basing these sermons um, this month on his four agreements. We talked last week about being impeccable with your word, meaning using your words and your thoughts only in favor of yourself and others. To not use words and thoughts, um, well, thoughtlessly. To be impeccable means to not use them against yourself. To not use them against yourself. And first comes awareness. You have to learn. Oh, wow. Do I always say that when I'm driving in traffic? Hmm. How is that helping me? What practice? What is that practice going to lead to in my life? Versus how can I practice it differently? It's simple awareness. It's not a reason to beat yourself up. It's a reason to wake up and go, wait, am I living my life the way I want to live my life? The way I say I believe, am I acting that out? And it behooves us all, all the time, to keep asking that question over and over and over because we forget. We forget, you know, I was watching a movie about an, um, an operatic, a person who wanted to win a contest to be an opera star. It's a great movie, you'll have to see it. But as many of you know, I was an opera singer. That's what I did in my youth. And um, I have always sort of prided myself on keeping my chops, you know? My chops are just wasted. I was singing along with a movie last night, you can ask Bob. But um, I was like, wow, when I was teaching voice all the time, I was keeping my voice in shape. And when I stopped doing that, when I stopped performing classical music, it's easy to get off that wagon. And it takes some work and some practice to get back on again. That is true of everything. Yeah. It's not about me singing. It's about anything that you do. If you're not used to doing it, at first, it feels very awkward. And then at second, the muscles you use to do it get sore. And then at third, you start to get into the groove of it. And as you practice more and more, it gets easier. So practice being impeccable with your word, and this week we're going to practice.
practice taking nothing personally. Really? Nothing? Nothing. Anything anybody says to or about you is really completely about them. Amen. How they feel, where they're coming from, what agreements they've made, consciously or unconsciously, the things they've been told and bought into, the unquestioned things in all of our minds. So, um, we have to learn through practice that we don't have to respond from a personal place. We don't have to respond from the, how dare you? We don't have to respond from a, this is my defense. Let me read you this whole dissertation about my, my defense and why you're wrong. We don't have to do that. And Eleanor Roosevelt has this wonderful quote that I just use all the time and remind myself of. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Someone can call you names all day long, and if you know who you are, you don't take it in. You don't take it in. It only hurts when we agree. I used to tell this story, and this is really true. When I was a kid, um, I think I was in fifth grade, and I started kind of to get plump in fifth grade, but my brother had been calling me fatso since I was born, so I didn't even know. But I remember telling my mom, it doesn't bother me if people call me stupid, because I know I'm not stupid. And it doesn't even bother me when people call me ugly, because I don't think I'm ugly. But when people call me fat, it hurts really bad. And that is what I had taken on. I agreed with that. I had taken others' words about me and used them against myself. I had, first of all, I had labeled that that was a bad thing. I had taken it on. And then when people threw it at me, I went, some ways in my life I got smaller and smaller and smaller. And when we practice saying, that's it, it's not you, ma'am. I don't know what your problem is. I'm fine. I'm beautiful. I'm healthy. Then we are practicing loving ourselves. Don't take it personally. To me. When you say, he did this to me, then what you have done is given him all the control over how you feel. When you say, he did this, that has nothing to do with me. Because I gotta tell you, y'all, people do things, they say things, for their own reasons, consciously or unconsciously, they do them all the time. The danger to us is when we use their words to abuse ourselves, right? People lie. He lied to me. Well, he did lie, and I was standing there, but he lied because there's something in him that makes him feel like he has to lie in order to be acceptable, or to be safe, or to be whatever it is he feels like he needs to be. It was not to me. I just happened to be standing there. And that's hard for us to take in when it's someone we really love and that's really close to us. But it is the truth. Examine it. Practice it. It is the truth. Somebody says something, you go, oh, that's really completely about them. That has nothing to do with me. Man, if you can just do this one practice, it will give you a freedom that you have never known. And I do this practice sometimes, except when I don't. <laughs> and then I take it in. And I become conscious that if someone says something to me, and 
I have a strong reaction to it, then it means I've agreed to it in some way. And so I have to work on what it is that I am thinking about myself. I shared with you when we were in Yellowstone a couple months ago how I got yelled at by the ranger because I was standing too close to an elk doe. You're supposed to be 25 yards away! I mean, <laughs> That's what it sounded like when he yelled at me over the big loudspeaker. <laughs> I went like this, and I ran back to the car, and I listened to him talk, and I got in the truck, and then I cried for 20 minutes. I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, wow, he hit my shame button. How did that happen? I thought I worked on those buttons. I didn't know I had that button anymore. Ooh, that button was there. And my agreement with that button is I have to do everything right in order to be acceptable. And I did something wrong. It wasn't like he just is mean because I knew, oh, yeah, I did with it. I read that thing about 25 yards, and no, I'm not 25 yards away. And so I knew that I was wrong. But somewhere in me is an agreement that if I'm wrong, I'm not okay. How many of you carry that agreement? If you're wrong, you're not okay. Guess what? We're human and we get to be wrong. We get to be wrong several times a day. And it has become a spiritual practice of mine to say, to point it out before other people point it out to me, I was wrong about that. I was wrong. I don't necessarily say I'm sorry, I don't have, always have something to apologize for, but I get to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. And as I practice saying I was wrong without giving myself a shame attack, I am practicing getting better at believing that I can be wrong and still be all right. And still be all right. So, we have to not, not only know that what people say is not about us, but what people do is not about us. So they're doing what they're doing, and I, maybe I'm in a relationship with them. They're not doing it to me. It may seem like it, but they're doing it because that's who they are. And if I am in too close a proximity, and they're not going to get better, then the only thing I can do, that is my information to deal with. I have to move out of the situation. I've shared with you before that my first marriage was an abusive one. And I had to realize that he was doing what he did out of his own pain. And that my part in this was that I kept, was that I showed up for it. I volunteered for it. And so I had to learn to not volunteer. I had to go, I'm, I'm getting away from this. I'm moving away. I don't want this. I don't need it. I don't deserve it. It took me a little while. It took me a little while. But the point is, he kept saying words that were nice, and then doing actions that weren't, and I wanted to believe his words instead of believing what he did. So, once again, my part, I was fooling myself. I was hearing what I wanted to hear, so I was staying in a place that wasn't safe. And when I figured that out, oh, I don't have to be here anymore. I don't have to be here anymore. It's not always that easy to extricate oneself, I understand that, but um, this is just an example. I'm just using examples from my life because I don't want to expose y'all. <laughs> because the examples in my life are the ones I know the best. 
So this is what Don Miguel Ruiz says, and this is a really, really hard thing. When we are abused, we experience that trauma. You know, I'm not saying you didn't get abused, that you weren't verbally or emotionally or mentally abused. But I'm saying that when you, when you use your thoughts and your words to tell that story in your mind over and over and over again, then you are now abusing yourself. There's some payoff you're getting from telling that story to yourself, so you need to find out what that payoff is. And that brings us to don't take it personally, even the stuff you say to yourself. Because some of the stuff you say for yourself, if you actually say to yourself, if you look at it really closely, it really doesn't bear close scrutiny. It's like, what? Have you ever had an argument in your own head? Like, part of you says something, and the other part says, no, no, that's, that's dumb. That's just, okay? <laughs> that's the way it works. I'm going to read something um, from Melissa Radke's book, Eat Cake, Be Brave. She said, one day I woke up with tattoos across my everywhere. Not literal ones, of course. I'm far too big a chicken for that. I mean that I looked in the mirror one day and I barely recognized myself. I wasn't even me anymore. There on every inch and across every scar, around every sunspot, in the crease of every wrinkle, were words others had left upon my skin. If you looked close enough, if you squinted your eyes and looked for a long time, you could find me there amid the markings. I was a shadow of who I used to be. Long gone was the girl with the guts, the storyteller, the clown, the friend, and the daughter. I was a markup of everything they had said about me. I wore their hatred and their hurt, their disdain and their disrespect. For someone who is afraid of needles, I sure am quick to lie still while someone edges their judgment on my frame. So what we have to do is learn to say, no, that's yours. That's yours. It's not mine. And her healing began, if you want to read the book, it's a pretty good book. Her healing began when she no longer believed what other people said. She changed her agreement. She said, no, I'm going to go on the assumption that I am good, that I mean well, that I can do well, and that I can remind myself to practice good every day and to love myself because of that and to not take in what other people say. The other thing is they're a language barrier. You, you was like, I know he meant that personally, but you don't understand. He meant that personally. <laughs> well, first of all, we don't even know what other people mean by the language they use. You can pick 15 words right now and we all have a different idea or connotation attached to it. Sometimes people say something that triggers us and they're like, I don't even know what I said, but it's something from our past or our childhood. Or they're doing something from their past or their childhood and they're trying to dump it on you. Has nothing to do with you. We can't know what's meant. That's an assumption. And that's next week. <laughs> Don't assume anything. So we hear another's words and then we translate and interpret them in our heads to how they might fit to us and then we feel how we feel about it. What if we don't? What if we decided not to? And here's the hard part. Everything I say to you or to anyone else is about me. 
Everything you say to or about another is really about you. If we don't have control over our own thoughts, how do we expect other people to have control over theirs? If we go around hurting people, um, we didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I don't know what I said. I didn't mean to. I mean, I just said that in the last two weeks. I didn't mean to. I didn't know what I said. Well, my mother used to say, well, you didn't mean not to. <laughs> So and there's something to be said for that. It's not a very nice thing to say to a child, but you know, if I had been paying attention and doing what was really what I wanted to do, then I wouldn't perhaps have made the mistake of doing what neither of us really wanted me to do. So they are the people talking to you are in their own hell based on their own agreements that they've made, many of them unconscious from culture, from parents, from teachers, from And we're the same. So if we know how hard it is for us to be impeccable with our word, how can we blame another for not being impeccable with theirs? Put the attention back here. Pay attention to you. We learn to trust ourselves in this way. By not taking it personally and by turning it back on me, what in me reacted that way? Why do I feel this way? Is this situation truly not for me? Then I need to get myself out of it. Is this situation fine for me as long as I don't start translating it into something different in my head? Then maybe I can start a new translation, a new interpretation of what's going on. I don't have to accept the old one. But then when I start thinking that clearly, not taking it personally, then I get to determine on a day-to-day -day basis what serves me and what doesn't. If it doesn't serve me, I don't have to fight it. I don't have to defend against it. I don't have to throw their mud back on them. I can go, I'm sorry, that's your mud. And you step to the side. So go somewhere else. It's a great story about Martin Luther King Jr. that he was at a, a rally or a park somewhere, and a man came up, a well-dressed white man came up to him and said, Excuse me, are you Dr. Martin Luther King? Well, I'm sure he didn't say that. He said, are you, are you Dr. Are you Mr. Whatever? Are you Martin Luther King? And he said, yes, I am. And the man spit in his face. And Martin Luther King pulled a handkerchief out of his pocket, wiped the spit off his face, handed it back to the man and said, I believe this belongs to you. <laughs> I don't know if that story is apocryphal or if it really happened, but it's an awesome story, right? Yes. I believe this belongs to you. Your spit in my face has nothing to do with me. Who I am, what I believe in, what I'm here on earth for, what my purpose is, nothing. That is all about you. It's your hatred. That's your insecurity. That's your belief in something that's not true but that you've decided to agree with somewhere along the way. And maybe it was your parents that did it to you and you just don't have had the strength to question it. I don't have to blame you. I can just say, it's not mine. It's yours. You keep it. It's working for you. Go with it. It's not. You might want to think about it, but it's not mine. And then we pay attention to ourselves. We inventory our own agreements and decide what we want to keep and what we don't. What have we been accepting as true that's not true? And then how can we change it? 
We have boundaries. We walk away and we say, no thank you. Wow, what if you didn't have to defend yourself every time somebody accused you? What if you were able to say, just even in your mind, no thank you, that's not me. What if we just smiled and walked away? Wow, that can change your whole day. And enough changed days bring a changed life. And the good thing is, we are responsible only for ourselves. So we don't have to be responsible for anybody else. We don't have to, I don't have to clean up his language. I don't have to make her be nicer. All I have responsibility for is me. And as it's been said before, if you are not, there's no point in teaching if your walk is not your teaching. Amen. Right? So... Be who you are, that gives others strength to be who they are. I learned to have boundaries in my life because someone had boundaries with me that were very clear and very loving. And I was like, oh, like you can say no to people and that's okay. Not because you're mad at them, not because you're putting them out of your life forever, but just because, no, I'll do something else today. See you next Thursday. She doesn't love me. But she does love me, I know she does. Love me, she said no. She loved me, she said no. You can love people and say no. <laughs> that was completely life changing for me because I ran around my whole life trying to find out what it was that you wanted so I could do it for you so I could be loved. And I really believed that doing the thing was what made me worthy of love. And learning that I don't have to do what you want me to do in order to be lovable changed my life. It can change your life. Don't take anything personally, and don't take my word for it. Go out and try it. Thank you. So, <clears throat> just going to take that into meditation for a moment. Take a deep breath, if you will. Yes. Yeah. 
often it is ourselves to whom we need to speak those words of love. Mm -hmm.